welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We're going to continue in our series by design, and today we're going to talk about uh, the fact that we were designed to be with God. We were designed to be in God's presence, uh, to really be connected to Him through His presence. And so it's, it's an important topic. Uh, every weekend as we come, just know that our desire as a church, as pastors, as leaders, is that we want to create an environment where God's presence is felt. That is a core value of, of us as a church, as, as leaders. And so we hope that, that every week when, when we gather together, that you are experiencing God's presence, that you are being brought into His holy of holies, so to speak, where we are experiencing all that He has for us and, and just His amazing love for us. So um, it, it, there's so much to, uh, uh, truly to say about this topic. There's loads of, of scripture and text. I had to really work hard just to, 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 to get it down just to 25 minutes. Uh, I'm going to try to do that. Uh, but, uh, but I know what you're thinking right now. I know what you're thinking, and it's super spiritual. What is up with that tent? You're thinking, what is up with that tent up on stage? Um, God wants to use that in a special way. So we're we going to reference this tent in just a little bit. Uh, but I want to I let you know that my camping experiences growing up, uh, they, they, were, they were really, really weak. I had really weak camping experiences growing up. Uh, and, and you know, I, I could share some stories with you, but I'd rather show a picture that illustrates my camping experiences growing up. So right here, take a look. That is my camping experience growing up, folks. Who's with me, Holiday Inn? Anyone? Yes, please. Uh, I love the, uh, Holiday Inn. They got a great campsite, just an amazing just uh, setup. My favorite word growing up was amenities. Um, so I learned that very early. Uh, I love amenities, and so that, that's how we selected where we camped at. So beautiful, right? So for some, though, uh, your, your camping experience may look a little bit like, like this. Uh, it just, you kind of got the big eight-person tent. You load up with, with all your family. You got the picnic table. You got the chair. It's kind of a cam- uh, car camping is what you would call that nowadays. And so for some, you kind of camp like that. For others, maybe you camp like Pastor John likes to camp, all cute and everything with, with his wife. And you, you got the wilderness, you got the lake, you got a campfire, you're going to roast some apples. That's weird. Uh, it's beautiful. I, it's, it's awesome. For some, you really enjoy that, and that's really special to you. So, awesome. For others, you, you like to camp like Pastor Connor, and you like to go camping with your friends. You like to load up, and, and you have dozens of friends that you camp with in hammocks, and it's really awkward but it's cool. That's what you do. So uh, good for you. Uh, for others, uh, like Pastor Evan, our worship leader, you like, you like to camp with adventure uh, right here. You, you like to be on the edge of heaven as you camp, singing God's glorious songs, reading the Bible. That's really not Pastor Evan, but that, that's, that's kind of how he likes to camp. But, but you know, we all have different camping experiences and, 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 and different camping stories uh, but if you do camp, you realize that, that wherever I set up my home base, wherever I set up my camp, that becomes the, 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 the place that I abide. And there's actually something called castle doctrine. And castle doctrine is a common law doctrine that, that, that basically designates a person's abode as their home. So whether you are, are, are abiding within a car, uh, a tent, or a box, there is a, a, a statute uh, again, a doctrine that essentially gives you immunities and protection over your home. You can defend yourself in a specific way, in a certain way, when, when, when you abide within something. 
And, and again, think about camping. When, when you are camping, everything revolves around your tent. That, that campsite, that, that place that you call home, that you abide within, everything revolves around that where you eat, the campfire. Uh, I learned yesterday, because I said this again, I, I, hoteled, I camped at, at a hotel. Um, you don't put your food inside of your, your tent. I said that last night. I got corrected very quickly by all the campers in the room. So just so you know, if you, if you don't camp, don't put your food inside of your tent. The bears will come and eat you, okay? Anyway, um, so, so everything that you do revolves around your home. When, when, when you are out taking day trips, you are hiking, you are walking, you are exploring nature, you are strategizing uh, your trip around the fact that I got to get back home. I have to get back home. I got to have enough time to, to get back home so that I can be, be in a place that, that provides protection, provides retreat, provides opportunity to get rest. And this is your home. You need to abide within your tent. You need to abide within your home. And, and, and when you think about your, your view of God... We need to view God the same way. We need to realize that God, everything that I do in life revolves around you. Everything that, 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 that I strategize in terms of plans that I'm making revolves around getting back to you. It needs to be centered upon you. God, every, every, everything that, that, that I need for survival, clothing, uh, shelter, uh, uh, many different things revolve around your home. It's found in your home. And, and when I think about God's presence, again, this is a vast topic. Lots of things that, 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 that we could talk about. When I think about God's presence, I understand truly um, that it's a bit elusive. There, there, there are things about God's presence that are a bit subjective. It's, it's, it's hard to really nail down. And, and for some of us, we sense God in different ways. For others, we sense God very, very, uh, very concrete. For others, it's, it's, it's out in nature. There's different ways that we experience God's presence. But just know, God's presence, it's everything. It's vitally important to all of us. John chapter 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branch. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let nothing sink in. Just, just think about that fact that apart from being in God's presence, being connected to God, you can do nothing. I'll tell you what, when, when, when I think about that, that, that hits me. There is nothing of eternal significance that, that I can do apart from God. Nothing. And, and so, so we need to be connected to God so that we can have eternal significance in all that we do. Uh, so I, I would say this, when, when, when you think about nothing, everything is temporal, nothing is eternal. Everything is carnal and nothing is righteous. There is nothing of eternal significance that we can do apart from God. We are just spinning our wheels. We are, we are being uh, uh, futile, just kind of going through the motions of life, bringing nothing to God. So I would say for many of us, this doesn't sit right. Uh, we don't like it, yet for some we go days. For some we go weeks without being in God's presence. For some, you, you get one hour in God's presence and this is it right now. Again, you think about, we can do nothing of eternal significance apart from God's presence, yet, yet, yet we neglect it, we get too busy, we get caught up. For some, there, there is sin in our lives that, like Adam and Eve, we'd rather go away from God than, than, than come towards God. Again, th- those are all lies of the enemy and we need to realize that, that being connected to God, being, being in his presence Making God our home is vitally important to our success and failure as a Christian. 
So, so we, we need to be connected. And so, uh, again, a core value of, of us is to be in God's presence. We, we, we strive for that in all that we do. And here's the reality. Here's what we know as, as believers. From the beginning of time, God's original design was to always be with his people. From the very beginning of time, his original design. Again, we were made by design. God's original design was, was to be with his people. We're going to look at a progression of scripture. There, there, are, there are a few different points throughout scripture where, where God's presence is, is active. God's presence is established in a fresh way, in a new way. And it speaks to his original design to be with his people. So, so uh, God's, God's first original design started in a garden. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 through 8 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is the story of creation. And, and, and you, may, you may ask yourself, why all the work? Why all the effort? Why all the detail? For, for God, our creator, that, that, that may have not been a lot of work and effort, but, but you think about what actually went into chapters one and chapter two. There is a lot going on within those first two chapters. Why all the effort? Again, Genesis chapter two, verse seven through eight, we, we, we get the answer. God made the world. He made the earth. He created Eden for one man because he wanted to be with man. He wanted to be with his creation. And, and, then, and, then, and then he created a woman. And then he said, be fruitful and, and multiply. But God did it because he wanted a physical place, a physical place called earth to be with man. And I don't, I don't know about you, but, but, but when you, when you kind of um, deduce that down, that should be awe-inspiring. Well, God, you, you did all this just for me. You created all that I have, the earth, for me. I'll tell you what, we had an amazing volunteer appreciation night. Who is there with me? Who is, who is enjoying all the festivities? We, 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 we set up a, a, a night for our volunteers that will soon not be forgotten. Uh, it, it, was, it was epic. Uh, you saw your pastors dance. If you've ever wanted to see me dance, start serving so you can get invited to our volunteer appreciation. Then you can see me dance. Uh, but but we, we, we went over the top. And I'll, I'll be honest, uh, we, we put a lot of effort, a lot of work, because we wanted to show our volunteers through creating an environment and giving them something that they could enjoy. And, and really what we were trying to do is we were trying to say, you know what, volunteers, we appreciate and we love you. We love you. We, 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 we see your effort. We see your work. So we want to go over the top and let you know that we love you. And I had a lady literally in tears. She's like, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. And she was, she was being emotional because she was like, I am so grateful for the over-the-top effort and, and just thought that you put in for us. Uh, and, and people were blown away. And so again, you need to come next year. You need to start serving. See Pastor Connor after service. Uh, but, but, but that was our intention. We wanted to blow our volunteers away and give them something that said, we love you. We want to enjoy a couple moments with you. And, and, and we were able to, to, to accomplish that. But God has the same heart. He wants to just go over the top and show us that he's created something beautiful for us to experience. And Eden gives us a picture of, of the original design that took place before the original sin. Sometimes we get so caught up in, in, in what happened in the Garden of Eden that we forget the original design. The whole purpose of Eden was for God to be with us. God wanted to be with us. And, and again, we can't get, get focused on, on what happened there in terms of, uh, of the original sin, but we got to realize that, that God created all of that 
because he wanted to be with us. And, and then we fast forward to the exodus of, of, of the Israelites from Egypt. God's original design appears, reappears in the form of a tent. Exactly one year after God brought his people out of slavery uh, 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 with, within Egypt, he made them a tabernacle. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary, a tabernacle, that I may dwell among them. So a tabernacle or, or a sanctuary, it simply means tent. It means a place of dwelling. Our heavenly father said, you know what? I want to be in the midst of my people. So he gave clear instructions of, 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 uh, of establishing this tent, this tabernacle in the center of their camp. So wherever the Israelites went, that's where God's presence was. He was established in the very center of where they were. Exodus chapter 29, verse 45 says, this is God speaking. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. So even as they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, God was with them every step, every, every mile. He, he was with them every moment. He, he was in the center of all that they did because that's where he wanted to be. And, and, and when, when, you, when you think about that, the, the, the creator of the universe literally put himself in the middle of their mess. Uh, if I go camping for four days, I'm going to have a hot mess on my hands, okay? Because I don't know what I'm doing. I think, about, think about the Israelites. They were camping for 40 years. They, they, they were a mess. They had issues. If, if you've ever read, read uh, uh, parts of, 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 of the New Testament and, and you're, you're, you're discovering about the Israelites and, and how, how they were moving and living, you realize that they, they had some messes going on. And God wanted to be in the middle of their mess. God wants to be in the middle of your mess. God wants to be in the mess of your family. God wants to be in the middle of, 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 of the, 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 the different messes within your finances. God wants to be in the middle of your, of your friendships. God wants to be in the mess of your health. For some of you, there are issues going on within your body. And you're like, God, where are you? Just know that God wants to be in the middle of your messes. And we all have messes in our life. So God doesn't want, to, want perfection. He wants the person. He wants the person with all of the messes. He wants you to just to be engaged and to find your home in his presence. So, so God, God took this one step further when he sent Jesus to earth. God's original design was carried out by Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel is, is, is a name that was given to Jesus that was prophesied by Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 7, it says, Therefore, God himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Jesus just didn't get a name. He got a statement. He got a declaration that, guess what, uh, uh, Israel, God's chosen people, I'm sending, you, I'm sending you Jesus, my only son. And guess what? He is with you. He's going to be established amongst you. He is with you. He is being established. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the word became flesh, speaking of Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, uh, we're, 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 we're looking at these words. Dwelt literally means to set up one's tent. Jesus came and he established himself. He set up his tent among us because he wanted to truly dwell among his people. So when, when, when you think about what Jesus did, 
Jesus came on ground level to be engaged and involved in our everyday life. Uh, uh, and, and, and there was a transition that took place. We no longer had to go to the temple to experience God's presence. Jesus was coming to us. Jesus was coming into our lives, into our mess. Uh, and, and, and Jesus was, 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 again, seeking out people that, that, that just seemed odd and peculiar, but that's who God wanted to impact. Jesus went to people that were fishermen, tax collectors, children, the sick, the lepers, the prostitutes, people possessed by demons, outcasts. Jesus went to the most unlikely of people because he wanted to bring his presence into his life. Jesus wanted to be amongst his people. Jesus wants to be amongst us. So Jesus came into the flesh and dwelt among us, and he brought his spirit, his spirit to dwell in our hearts. So God's original design, his presence, is now in us. Again, you think about the, the progression of Scripture, how God is, is establishing his presence, his spirit throughout Scripture. And right now, in this moment, God's presence, if you are a Christ follower, if Jesus is your Savior, God's presence is in you. That's something special. That, that is something that, that, that should, should get you excited, that, that God's very presence that, that, that is spoken about throughout Scripture, it dwells within my heart, within me. So knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior is more than just being near God. It's having his very presence of God within you. God wants to be within you. So how do I make God my home? How do I abide in his presence? How do, how do I get inside God's tent, so to speak? Uh, very, very, very simply, I would say that the, the, the very first thing you need to do is you need to believe that God desires to be with you. God desires to be with you. Religion invites you to know about God, and there is a whole lot of religion within our communities. Religion invites you to know about God, but Christianity invites you to be with God. And, and again, you, you, you may have been raised in a great home, but if, if religion was the, the, the dominant focus, be religious, just know you are missing a portion of coming into God's home and, and, and finding shelter, protection, retreat. Being in God's presence is really what it's all about. It's not about religion. It is about relationship. We need to practice his presence. Very simply, get where God is at. When, 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 when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell parents, hey, you know what? Get your kid, get your teenager where God's at and, and watch what God does. It's not about me. It's about God's presence. So we need to get where God is at, whether it be a church service, a life group, uh, a, a global trip. Um, I'm thinking about just uh, worship music. Create environments to be with God. Create, create opportunities for yourself to engage and be in God's presence. Practice his presence and get where God is at. You need to read your Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, you're missing out on a critical piece of experiencing what God has for you. His words speak life. His words be, uh, 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 become a light unto our path. And we need God's word leading us that is creating his presence all around us. We need to treasure the value of his amazing words. We need to pray without ceasing. Simply put, we need to start having dialogue with God. Again, for some, you go days without dialoguing with God. Uh, praying without ceasing isn't simply having some, some uh, 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 meditative state where you, you, are, you are just in this weird trance. You are simply having a dialogue. You are talking you are listening, and, and it, it's this back and forth dialogue, just being with God, ha having that connection, silencing your mind and tuning into God's spirit and listening to what he has to say to you. So again, th th those are just really quick ways uh, that, that you can 
practice God's presence and abide within the home that he has created for you. Um, I'm going to share a story for you as, 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 as we close. Uh, the summer of 99 was a rough summer for me. It was a really rough summer. Has anyone had a rough summer before? Summer of 99, I was about 21 years old, and, and I was going to a Bible school down, down in, in downtown Minneapolis, and I decided to, to move in uh, with a good friend, and, and I thought it was going to be great, but my friend was never around, so I was lonely, right? Uh, I, I just bought a brand new car and started a, a brand new job. I was hanging gutters for Sella Gutter. And gutters is a really glamorous job. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite, quite, quite the uh, opportunity. Uh, I did that for a summer. I didn't, I didn't like my job. I didn't enjoy hanging gutters. Uh, and so it was my first week of working at Sella Gutter with my hot, fresh, red Jetta, 99 Jetta. And, and I come out of like day three of, of, of working, and there's a note on my car. And I, re- I read the note, and I'm like, why is, this, why is there a note on my car? And it says... Uh, I'm sorry, I backed my forklift into your car, car. Call this number. And I looked at my car, I'm like, well, what, where, where's the dent? And then I go over, I go over right, 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 by, right by the door, and my whole driver's door is, is smashed in from this guy that ran his forklift into my car. Devastated, devastated. This is a hot car. It was devastated. It was never the same. So on, on top of having a rough summer, not, not really enjoying where I was living, had a horrible job, my, my brand new car just got smashed up, uh, I, I was dealing with a breakup. I, has anyone been dumped before? Everyone raise your hand. <laughs> Even if you haven't, just raise your hand, just be honest. Uh, I, was dealing, I was dealing with, with, uh, with, with being dumped, right? I was licking my wounds. I was just sad and lonely. Why are you laughing? That's so bad. <laughs> we'll pray for you later, ma'am. But I was, I was looking at my wounds, and I was, I was depressed and bummed and just had a heartache going on. Um, and, and I had some secrets that no one knew about. Um, I, was, I was involved in student leadership at the school, and I had a, had a great opportunity just to help lead and be a part of that. I was, I was supposed to be the returning captain of, of the soccer team, and that was a great honor, and I was excited about that. That was a big part of who I thought I was, my identity. But my secret was that I was on academic probation, because I had squandered uh, uh, my opportunity uh, at school. And so all of these things that, that defined me, all of these things that kind of established who Chris Becta was, uh, no one knew except for me, but those things were all going away. If you were on an academic probation, you could not be in student leadership. You could not be involved in, in sports. So those things were all going away. And this summer, this summer was killing me. I literally had stress and, and worry and fear all over me to the point where I, I had ulcers. I was literally coughing up blood. I was, I was like, what, am I dying? What is going on? But I, I had gotten myself sick to a point where I, was, I had ulcers and I was, I was, I was really sick. And, and I remember having these moments of, of crisis of like, God, what is going on? I'm in this place I don't enjoy. I have a horrible job. My, my fresh car is, is dent, dented up. Um, I have heartache. Um, I, I don't know who I am. And God, I don't know who you are. And I had this moment where I, I had to figure out, God, where do I abide? Where's my home? Because I have this great, great illusion of faith going, going to a great Christian college. And I got, I got some great friends around me. But I had realized that in this moment, I had lived my, I lived my life apart from my home. I lived a life that, that, was, that was, it looked great on the outside, but I had yet to, to find my resting spot, my shelter, my refuge 
in, in, in the presence of my Heavenly Father. So that summer was a summer that I discovered God's presence like I've never discovered before. I had to humble myself. I had to let go of my pride. I had to lose myself in God because I had lost everything else. And again, at, at age 21, my, my, my world was falling apart. But again, I found my, my shelter, my refuge in God's, God's tent, his presence. And I'll tell you what, church, that, that, that summer, it changed everything. It changed. I mean, that, that was a defining summer for me that, that I, I discovered who God wanted me to be. I discovered my, 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 my call in the ministry. I discovered uh, how God wanted, how God wanted me to, 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 to function and to serve his church. I discovered so much, and it started in a moment of brokenness where I found my, my, my home in God's presence. And it wasn't about religion. It wasn't about going through the motions. It was about discovering who God was and what he had for me. So as you close your eyes and bow your heads, there may be people here today that you realize that you've gone through the motions of religion and you need to embrace God's presence and the relationship that he has for you. For others, you may, you may realize that in this moment, you are, you are far from home, that, that, that the presence of God you, you are nowhere near it. And, and, and this is a moment of saying, God, I'm going to acknowledge that I need you. Maybe for some, you have a story like me. Maybe it's different, but you have a story like me where you are in despair. There is brokenness in your life. There are things going on that, that you feel lost and alone. And Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am always with you. So for some here today, I want to give you an opportunity to have Jesus come into your heart. Have Jesus for some uh, become new and fresh to you as you abide and come into his presence and allow, him, and, and, and allow your heavenly father to overwhelm you with his goodness. If you're here today and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ or if you're here today and you acknowledge that, you know what, God, I need your presence like never before. I need you to simply raise your hand. Don't hold back. Simply raise your hand saying, God, I acknowledge that I need and I want more of you, more of your love and more of your presence. Anyone here today, raise your hand. Yes, I see your hand, young man. All the way up front. Anyone else? All the way in back. I see a couple hands. Awesome. Young man, I see your hand with his dad. That's so cool. A couple hands over here. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Anyone else? You're humbling yourself, saying, God, I need your presence. Jesus, I need you in my heart, in my life. More hands up top. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Church, very simply, repeat after me. This is a prayer that we are declaring with our mouth and believing in our heart like Scripture says. So church, pray it after me, everyone together. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I am in need of a Savior. Jesus, I need your presence. Please come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins as I choose to make my home in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.